This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Unity. We're going to speak about unity today. Let's grow together. We're growing together. So what is unity? What does it mean to be in unity? Does it mean that all of us have to do the same things? Does it mean that all of us have to like the same things? look the same? Does it mean that we have to agree about everything? What do, you, what do you guys think? I just want us to just think about that a bit. What is unity? Does it mean that we need to, to like fit in a certain mold and say, listen, this is it? My answer on that today is that for unity, we need to have differences. For unity, there must be be a place where we don't agree on everything. And I'm going to explain that now. These differences in our lives are essential for unity in the church. And I'm just going to hop right straight to, to, to that one. The, the Bible speaks about the church as a body of Christ, a body consisting out of a lot of different members. Okay, so I just want, want us to look at the first picture there. You know, that, there's a picture of a car with all the different parts. You know, if, if we were a lot of wheels... That car will be, you know, it, we can be the nicest mags with the best tires that can drive the fastest. But if we are just a lot of tires, that car cannot operate. You know, if we are just a lot of doors, the car cannot operate. Or a lot of steering wheels or, or chassis, that car cannot operate. That car needs all the parts put together to operate. Otherwise, it's actually doesn't, it can't operate properly. <laughs> it can't operate at all. Okay, and, and, and that's why I'm saying these, these differences that we have as, a, as, as, as members of this body, of this car body, the differences we have is essential for the, for the body to operate in the kingdom of God. Okay, you can go on to the next one. Okay. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a rugby player, but basically what I want to show you is, and I want us to keep this picture in our mind today. It's just the, the human body, okay? Because Jesus uses this example in the Bible of, of um, the different members of the body. You don't have to read that stuff. I didn't put it on there. That's just a picture I got from the internet. Um, but basically, when we want to say we want to be a church of, of unity, a church that's, that's working together as one body, we need to grow as individual members of this body. Okay. No, no member, I, I want to say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to say no member, but seldomly one member can teach another member everything he needs to know. All that we can do as a church, all that we can do as self-facilitators and as worship leaders is, is facilitate you into God's presence. It's time spent with, with God that brings a change. Okay. It's, it's, it's not... You know, maybe you will, you will have two arms, and the arms can learn from one another, but at the end of the day, that arm needs to hear who is from, from Jesus Christ, from God. And the beautiful, awesome thing about this body is that the members come together, and the one part of the body is the head, and that's Jesus Christ. And I just got this, this revelation that, you know, Jesus Christ are not gonna, is, is not going to help us to... Um, to be the members we need to be, and then we have to go on our own. He's part of the body. He's with us. That's crucial to remember that. That when we come 
to church, when we come to this, this body with what Jesus has given us, He is the one enabling us to, to do that as well. But, but time spent with, with it between the members, and there's another picture there just of a, of a, of a rugby player kicking. You know, sometimes we, we will be, um, okay, if you take the body now, there will be a time between the head and the, and the foot just practicing kicks, just exercising those kicks. And then there will be times when you will just practice that in the gym, practicing your arms. But the essential thing that I want to just point out here is that we as members need to, to, to identify what member we are in this body. And we can only get that from, from Christ. Okay? So take, for instance, an arm. Okay? You need to realize that, listen, I can bend. And you must realize that, listen, I fit in between the hand and the shoulder. You know, for this hand to operate properly, I need to be at that place between the shoulder and the hand. Otherwise, you know, this hand cannot do what it needs to do. Okay. And, and the important thing that we must also remember is when all these parts, it's, I think it's a very sad thing if all these parts know perfectly where they fit in and how they work and how they operate. But, but that player never really goes onto a field to play a game. It's where we come together that it actually matters. It's where we come together as a family where we actually say, listen, we're now, we now doing what we are supposed to do. You know, there's so many times when we operate as individual members of this body. You know, I'm just doing what I'm can do. It's, it only has purpose when it's part of that family. With Jesus as the head. Amen. So how do we as individual members grow? How do we as individual members grow into, into a place where we can be a part of this body? Okay, and I'm going to make it very simple today. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, just add on to what Yaku said last week as well is prayer. Prayer is one of the crucial things. Prayer and time in, in God's word. I just want to read the scripture again. Peter, I can't upset. I'm just going to read from verse 19. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, think, ask or think, according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church of Christ Jesus, to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So I just want to, I just want to, focus on this thing that Yaku also said, you know. <laughs> um, he said that many times we like the first part of that scripture to, to say that, you know, God is, can do exceedingly abundantly above that we can even think or ask. But we, we, we sometimes neglect or forget the second part of that verse that says that there's a power inside of us. And as individual members, we need to realize that power that's in each member that we get through this key of prayer. Okay, and, and when, when he was reading this scripture, and I was just reminded of the following, this, this following scripture that I'm going to read um, from 2 Peter 1. As his divine power has given to us, so it's saying here that as his divine power, he's speaking about that power again that we have. We as individual members have that power inside of us. To us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything you need in, li in life and to, to live in God's kingdom. Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. 
So it's in knowing Jesus. It's in knowing who Jesus is. It's in that time of prayer. You know, we, we spoke last week about that times when sometimes we pray for something and we know this God we serve. We know He can give more abundantly than we can ever think. We know this. We know this truth. But then there's a time that we ask God for something and there's a waiting period. There's difficult times that we go through and we don't understand, God, what's going on? It's in these difficult times, in these times of waiting, that we build relationship with Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If God was just a genie in a bottle that just gave us everything as we asked him, there would be no faith, need for faith. There's a place where we speak to God, where we need to wrestle with God through things, where we build relationship. If you take a marriage, you know, when, when you're in a marriage and, and you go through a difficult time and you know, okay, we need to, go, we need to sit down and, and speak through this. The, the fruit of that that. Um, the fruit of that is so sweet. It's so awesome too because you realize in those difficult times, in those difficult conversations that, that we sometimes just avoid, it's in going to sit down and wrestling through that thing that we come out stronger on the other side. And it's the same. The marriage is just an example of what it is like with Jesus as well. You know, we need to, we need to you know, um, how often do we pray for something and God doesn't answer our prayers or we, we think he doesn't answer our prayers and we just don't pray for it anymore. How often do we do that? You know, we've got this, um, in this into this lifestyle of just um, everything is quick, you know. You go to KFC and you get your burger, you know. Where's the time that you put something in the oven and wait a few hours before you can eat it, you know. We don't, we don't do that anymore. It's just easier to do the other thing. And, and we do the same with God. We bring that into the kingdom of God. And and um, I want to encourage us as a, as a church. We, we must be a praying church. A church on our knees getting to know Jesus Christ. Because there's power in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's the point that I want to make. Amen. Another place of getting to know Jesus Christ is through the Word. And I really want to encourage you. We're going to do Bible school this year. Somewhere this year. We're going to do Bible school. To, to really consider it. Consider joining Bible school. It's really a place where, where we, um, it's not an accredited Bible school or anything. I can tell, tell you, it's not a, it's a formula thing that you can, you get a little certificate, but it's just a little shelf thing, but it's not about that. It's really to apply God's word and to get to know Jesus Christ. That, that's, that's what we want to achieve with Bible school. We're not doing it just to fill the, pro, uh, the program of church. I promise you that. That's not our our heart with Bible school is for us to, to get to know Jesus Christ. So if you, if you have the time, please consider to, to do that. It's really blessed. Amen. We're moving on. Okay, so now the game begins. Now the game begins. Now we as members come together in unity. So we're just going to speak a little bit about that. And I, I'm literally just going to speak about Scripture today. Ephesians 4. Listen. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Each member. Each member with that calling. That, that, that calling that you got from Jesus Christ, that practicing, that realizing, 
listen, this is my calling. This is, I fit in here, you know, and I move like this. This is how I operate. The calling that you have been called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The unity of the Spirit. As I was um, preparing last night, um, Relin just gave me this awesome, <laughs> this is just bringing everything together. But you can have the next one. The Holy Spirit is like the central nerve system in a, in a body. Okay? It's connecting all the parts of the body to the head. You remember what we said earlier, that Jesus Christ is a part of the body, He's with us. It's not just we learn what to do and then we do it on our own and then we come back and, and get a bit more and then do it on our own. No, Jesus Christ goes out with us. And the Holy Spirit that is within all of us is the, is the thing that binds us together. The Christ in me connects with the Christ in you and we connect together to, to, to Christ. Amen. So, so when, even if we have differences, you know, Donnie is a hand, I might be a foot, or Stefan is a skower and axe arm, or whatever that might be. If the Holy Spirit, if that central nervous system connects us, when the Holy Spirit is in, in both of us, we can have fellowship. It doesn't matter if we disagree about small things. And I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, churches are divided today about small things. If we understand that the other churches in town is other parts of the, of the bigger body of Christ, but if the Holy Spirit lives in them, we can have fellowship with one another. We can stand in unity. I think the world is looking at, at the church today and saying that what is going on with the church. Because we focus on the petty little things. And it is deep things sometimes. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this with all respect. You know, sometimes there's really stuff that, 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 that shaped us in a way. But are we willing to lay that down for the unity? To say that, listen, Jesus, um, time... <laughs> time spent together in worship, that's just such an awesome thing, is just everybody agreeing and inviting the Holy Spirit in, that's just a proclamation of saying, listen, we're in unity, amen, so the Holy Spirit is the, is the, is the factor, the Holy Spirit, um, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives enables us to have unity, not the mold that we fit in, not all our agreements, earthly societies or whatever, or po political parties, revolve around their agreements. As Christians, we don't revolve around agreements. We revolve around the Holy Spirit that is within us. Amen. So just a few examples out of Scripture. The disciples at, at Pentecost, when, they, when the Holy Spirit um, came on them, you know, they were, in, with one accord, they could go out. Um the disciples at Pentecost, when they went out, they were with one accord. The Holy Spirit fell on them, and the, the Holy Spirit was the factor that made them a unit to go out. And they went to speak in different languages. You know, it was weird. You know, some, some of us may have experienced it today as well. You know, it was weird, in a sense, to, um, for the people around them. You know, what's going on here? But they had the boldness and unity, and they stood up for one another. You know, if you, if you go and read that part of Scripture, they... Some of the best pieces of sermons came out of that because they stood in unity. They stood up for one another because they were one in the Holy Spirit. Another example is, is Joshua and the, and the Israelites around the walls of Jericho. Foolish to the world. 
what they did. You know, what, what are you doing? Walking around the wall seven times and blowing trumpets and, you know. But the, the Holy Spirit united them and they could follow through on God's word. So it's the Holy Spirit that gives us unity. Then, further in this piece of scripture, um, Paul just mentions um, the fivefold ministry and how we operate as a church. Okay, so I encourage you to go and read that of just how we as a church operate and different parts of this body operate. And then he comes to verse 12 and he says, um, I'm just going to go quickly back to 11, and he himself gave to some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And um, then he says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to be measured of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I just want to stop there to highlight some things that I just read. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So that piece of scripture just tells me that, listen, there are going to be differences. There are going to be small disagreements in, you know, when, how the rapture is going to work one day. You know, and how the end times are going to work, the, the, the book of Revelations. You know, there's so many different interpretations and, and, and ways people believe that that is going to play out. We cannot let that those things separate us as a church and break unity. And we, we basically, when we, when we elevate that above the other truths that we agree on, like Jesus Christ that came to die for our sins, the gospel, you know, the fact that we have life and life in abundance, that we are justified before we get sanctified. Those are truths that we, we agree on and that brings unity. And I think many times we, we focus on doctrinal issues, small things, and that brings the vision. Here Paul says that till we come to the unity of the faith, he's saying that, listen, there's space for growth. There's space for us to learn from one another. There's space for us to grow to a place of unity of faith. But at the end of the day, we've, we must endeavor to have that unity of the Spirit as we grow. Amen. Then it carries on in verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is a head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth in the body for the edifying of itself in love. Amen. So that part of Scripture just brings together this whole thing of unity and growth. We need each and every member to do their share. You know, if, if, if only a few of us are going to, you know, go forward and, and, and do the things in, in church, we're not going to operate in the kingdom of God. No one is staying behind this year. No one is staying behind. We're going to be an overcoming church, and every member will know where they fit in. Every member is just as important as, as the other member. So if you thought church is just a program, and you're just going to come and sit here every Sunday and hear a message and take it on your own in the week, you were wrong. We're going to be a church that operates together. I think sometimes, and I just want to mention this here, sometimes we, we, um, 
the Afrikaanse woord sê minderwaardig. You know, we, we get to this place where we, we feel unworthy to, to, to be a part of God's body. We feel unworthy and say that, listen, you know, I had, I had to, myself, had to go through many things when they first asked me to, to share the word in church or to preach. I was like, that morning before I had to preach the first time in Durban, I said, um, Clint, I can't do this. I can't do this. You know, my life isn't right to be able to stand here and, and teach people what to do. You know, I, I, I can't, you know, I felt like a hypocrite in a sense. And he said, he told me there's something that I would, will always remember. It's not how perfect your life is. It's about Jesus Christ working through you. We must allow Jesus to just work through us. You know, um, we get this false sense of humility in the church that says that I can't do it. And we just, you weet, I can't do it. And my life is not right. And I can't do it in that and that do it. That is not humility in a biblical sense. Christian humility is, I am who I am. Like Paul said, I am who I am through Christ Jesus who lives in me. Through the Holy Spirit, I am who I am. That's humility. It's saying that I can do this, but only through you, Jesus. I'm justified by you, Jesus. I'm not trying to justify myself. That's Christian humility. It's not saying that I cannot do this, and I'm not righteous to do this, and I... That's actually an insult to, to, to God to say that. Christian humility is a place of knowing that you can only through Jesus Christ. Amen. So, there's no excuses, eh? We're going to grow together. Amen. Okay, I just want to quickly highlight five aspects of of being a church, being in unity, and what unity will bring to us as a church. So the first thing that it will bring is power. There's power in unity. There is power when we come together, when we agree on things. On, when we agree on the, you know, the power of agreement isn't, doesn't mean that we need to agree on each and every little thing, like I said earlier. But in that agreement about who God is, when we worship together, that's such an awesome example of agreeing we're singing together you know and and and, and wh- why do we sing together <laughs> why do we sometimes clap together you know why are we on the rhythm together that power of agreement proclaiming together who god is who we are through god that's powerful there's power in unity there's power when we come together in agreement okay small groups intercession all those all those things we put in place it's not to fill a program it's places where we can Stand in unity where we can agree upon things. You know, small group, I always said that small group, we, we are church, that, that, that um, church is at small groups and we just meet together on a Sunday. That, that is where church happens, is at small group. When you are going through a battle in your, your life, when you are going through a struggle in your life, that's where you become a part of the body, where we pray together, where we know what's going on in each other's lives and can say, listen, let's, let's trust God together. Oh, listen, I've learned this over the years and, and we learn from one another. And I really want to encourage the, the um, more senior people as well to, to join because we can learn so much from one another. Um, you know, there was a time when I, when we um, were in, at university um, and we went to church on our own now, so we, we were now in shofar. You know, and it's like different that, like, than what we had at home. 
And I remember that, you know, I used to come home and just try to preach to my mom and my dad, you know, just trying to say, nee man, jylle, ons moet worship, man, jy moet jy hande ophef, en jy moet die heren prijs, en hoe kan jy net so sit en worship? You know, and, and, and I realized over the years that, you know, um, breaking that unity and, and, and neglecting that experience, life experience that our older people have is so, so wrong. We must embrace that. You know, we must, we, must, we must embrace it in love. You know, bearing with one another in love. And I specifically want to mention it there. You know, sometimes we, our young, us young people, or, I um, don't know, I don't know, but, you know, but the, but the young generation feel that, yes, man, ons weet wat die waarheid is. You know, and we, we want to run with it. But we, we need to honor our parents. We, we need to honor our older people. That's, that's next what life experience can, can bring <laughs> You cannot fast forward that one. <laughs> you know, sometimes we as a church, you will always also hear that, um, that um, while um, Johannes is worshiping or while I'm preaching or while we're praying or something, people will say amen, amen uh, um, as, we, as we do that. You know, if you, if you are at any intercession meeting, you will experience that. And that's not to be funny. <laughs> I think sometimes you say, ach, that was so funny, you know, why do we do that? It's not to be funny. It's not to be different. If we agree in our hearts, we need to make it vocal. We need to let each other know that we agree. Amen. Amen. I was hoping for that one. <laughs> okay, so there's power in agreement. You know this effect of, of and I'm still standing... I'm standing still at, at power still, power and unity. That's the first thing that I'm speaking about. I don't want you guys to get distracted. But there's a kind of a synergy when we get together. A synergy is when we work together, we achieve more than the individual efforts of each member. So um, if I can use an example, when we built the Kiddish Church, okay, we basically have one guy holding the hammer, another guy bringing the screws, and another guy holding the planks together so that the guy can put in the screws or the, or the drill to put in the screws. If those three were to do, come in on separate days and, and build the Kiddish church, it would take a lot longer than three times their effort. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is when everybody works together, they achieve more than what each one would have achieved separately. It's like... One ox can, can, can pull a ton, okay? I can see a mirror to take, but I'm just using an example. Two ox can pull five tons. That's the effect I'm talking about. And it's the same with, when, when we, with the power of agreement, when we come together. When we learn from one another, you know, the different parts of the body will also experience different parts of God. We learn from one another. In that knowledge, we have power. We need to be together. Amen. The second thing about unity is accountability. Okay. So if we, are, we say we're going to be in unity and we're going to be a body, you know, the, when, the, when the leg is sore or when the leg, when there's something wrong with the leg, the arm will know about it because, you know, we're a body. There's no place where um, the foot can struggle and the rest of the body don't know about it. There's accountability. Okay. And I, I think we sometimes need that courage to, to, to tell people, when it's going tough in our lives. And we need the courage to, to, to ask those difficult questions. To say, listen, 
How's it going, you know? Can I help you? Can I help you with something? I think sometimes the world says differently, you know. The world says that, you know, we, we're going to do it because we can do it. And I'm going to stand up and I'm going to make this business work or whatever it might be. I'm going to achieve my goals because I can do it. And that is kind of the focus of this world. But when we're going to say we're a church of unity that wants to grow together, there must be that accountability with one another. Saying that, listen, um, we're going to keep each other accountable in what we do. Amen. And this actually goes hand in hand with, with humility. That's the third thing. There's, there's, humility in, there's humility in unity. Okay? Just that saying that, listen, we need one another. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a leg. I can't be an arm. That's a clown, you know. You'll do hula hoops the whole day. You won't go forward, you know. We need to realize that we need one another. I'm just reminded again of that scripture that says, bearing with one another in love. It's that humility to just say that we depend on one another. We cannot do this on our own. And I just really, I just want to stand still a bit there at um, humility. And that's also with marriage, when it comes to marriage. You know, um, I think, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I'm coming back to this the whole time. But, but I really want to encourage us in our marriages, you know, to, to, to be, to, to walk in humility. <laughs> you know, um, us men, sometimes we, we, we're very proud to say that something is wrong or something is going difficult. But the, the mar- marriage was designed for us to walk together. It was a place designed for us to say, listen, um, I'm struggling with this. Let's pray through this, you know. Um, before I came here this morning, I can just use an example. Doralina het my vanochtend gevraag, kan ek vir jou bid? En ek sê, ja, ons gaan bid by die kerk. Dat is so'n bykie trots. But just sitting on the bed, her coming to sit next to me and praying for me. And just asking God's blessing over me. There's a place of humility that we need to come to to realize that, listen, um, we don't have everything figured out. In, a ch- in our marriages, but also here in church, we don't have everything figured out. We need one another. Um, so there's humility and unity. Then there's unity. Where there's unity, God commands a blessing. There's a blessing in unity. I just want to read Psalm 133. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down the edge of the garment. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountain of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Now this oil that they are speaking about, that, was, that, that um, Aaron was anointed with, was a pleasant oil. It, was, it, was, it has an, had a nice aroma like, um, like perfume. It was pleasant for the people around Aaron when they smelled that. They were intrigued by it. They, were, they, were, they wanted to come closer to smell. What is this? This is awesome. That is what the scripture is saying about unity. It's saying that for the people around it, it's, they, want to come, they also want to be a part of that. This oil was also a oil that anointed them for their ministry, Aaron for his ministry, which basically what I just take from that is that, you know, before we want to say that we want to make a difference in the kingdom, before we want to start in the ministry as a church, we need to be in unity. It's essential. He couldn't start with his ministry before he was anointed with that oil. 
And the scripture says that unity is like that oil. We need unity before we want to move forward as a, as a ministry and as a church in Walfish Bay. And then he spoke about the dew and the dew, dew on, um, on Hermon, which was, a, was just a common yule where people would, would meet, you know. Um, it, it was just pleasant. Like we said earlier about the oil, it's pleasant, you know. If that dew watered that mountain, the grass could grow, and it was just a pleasant place to be. And then he said it's also like the dew on, on, on Mount Z- or the hill of Zion or the Mount, Mount Zion, which is a holy hill. So for holiness, if we say that we want to be a church growing in sanctification, growing in holiness, we need unity. We need that dew. And then he ends off and he says, For there the Lord commanded the blessing. So there where those things are, where the dew are, where the oil is, where the unity is, there God commands a blessing. That's a principle, a truth that we can take with us today. If we're going to be a church walking in unity, God's blessing will be upon our church. Amen. And then the last one. So the first one is power. The second one is accountability. The third one is humility. The fourth one is blessing. And the fifth one, and this one excites me so much, is that there is salvation through unity. Okay, and I'm, I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read the scripture. This is Jesus praying before he got, before he got captured and before he was tortured and crucified. This was Jesus praying to God the Father. John 17, verse 20. I do, not, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So Jesus was spending a time in prayer, okay? So he was praying to the Father. First he was praying for himself. Then, then he was praying for his disciples. And then he was praying for everyone who would believe after that as well. And this is where we get into now. So he says that, um, but also for those who believe in me through their word. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. That the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which, with which you gave me, I, give, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, and, and they may be made perfect in one in that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. How powerful is that? In our unity, in our oneness, Jesus praying before he got captured, basically the last, the prayer before he, he, he went into that place where he was tortured and crucified, he was asking the Father, make them one as we are one. Let them be in unity. Let them agree upon the truths about who I am. Because through that love for one another, through that sticking your neck out for your brother, through that love that does not make sense, (laughs) we come from different backgrounds, different um, cultures, different age groups. How is it possible? It doesn't make sense to the world, this love that we have for one another. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to do something that's not profitable. The world looks at it and they marvel. Jesus says that the world will know him through the oneness that we have. That excites me so much to know that 
you know, we, we sometimes want to reach the world through miracles and praying and, and there must big, big, big things must happen. Then the world will believe. Jesus says, no, they will believe through our unity. They will believe through us being one. The world will see that I am God. And that compels me to say that, listen, we need to be a church of unity. That's a non-negotiable. We need to be a, a church standing together as one body with Christ as our head. The Holy Spirit connecting all of us to Christ then the world will see that Jesus is God. Amen. So let's pray together. You want a second? Yes, Lord Jesus, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for I thank you for our differences, Lord. I thank you for each and every member here today, Lord, that's that's different from the person sitting next to him. But God, I pray, Lord, that we'll be a people, Lord, that 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 know you, Lord. And that know that that knows that that the arm fits into the shoulder, Lord. We don't have to look the same or be the same or do the same things or agree on everything, Lord. It's in seeing you differently from different angles, from different backgrounds, Lord, that we, that we are stronger, Lord, that we actually form a unit, Lord. And God, I thank you, Lord, that, that not one person sitting here, Lord. God, I pray for the intention of our hearts today, Lord Jesus. God, I pray for the intention of our hearts, Lord. We want to meet with you, Lord. When we get together, we want to meet with you, Lord. We want to search where we fit into your body, Lord, because we know, Lord, that, that, that where we operate as a, as a body, as a unit, Lord, there your blessing is, Lord. We don't want to be apart from your blessing, Lord. Lord, we don't want to go if you're not going, Lord. We don't want to go if you are not going in front of us, Lord. We cannot, Lord. God, I pray that you will, through your Holy Spirit, unite us as a body, as the body of Christ, Lord. God, I pray, I pray for, um, for, for that place of unworthiness, Lord, where people feel they are unworthy to serve in your kingdom, Lord, to, to share a word in church or to, to worship in front, Lord. I pray, God, that you will transform our minds, Lord Jesus, that we will renew our minds, Lord, to know, God, that we, that, that, that we can, Lord, we, we are what we are through Jesus Christ, Lord. We don't have to achieve a lot of things, God. Thank you, Lord, that, that you made the way, Lord, that you said that it is finished, Lord. We don't have to, to bring anything, Lord. You've, you, God sees us through, through your blood, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for life and life in abundance, Lord. And that sense of unworthiness, I just want to break it down in the Spirit in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that we will, will realize that we are justified, Lord. We are righteous in front of you, not because of what we've done, but because of what you've done. In Jesus' name, Lord. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.